0: Welcome back to another episode of Michigan Hidden History. I'm Theron,
1: and I'm Mario.
0: Today we are going to talk about the Van Huesen Farm and the specific structures. I have split this episode in um, into two parts. So, so in part two, we're going to talk about the two most famous Van Huesen people. In that episode. So we're going to do it just like how I did the Troy Historic Village episode. We're going to go through each each structure and talk about them.
1: So as some may remember, we left off uh, on the Stony Creek Village and school with Sarah giving the 300 acre farm to MSU in 1952. So how did it go from being MSU property to museum and why only MSU? and not another university. We will answer the first question now and the second question in part two. So in the years following the property being donated to MSU, a local women's group petitioned saying that the property should be part of the public and be made a museum. In 1979, that finally happened, but not all the 300 acres went to becoming public land and museum. Out of the 300 acres, only three acres remain. Yes, three acres. So what happened to the other 297 acres, you may ask? Just like the half farm in Sterling Heights, the 297 acres were sold for new housing development. And when you drive through the historic village, you can see the new houses that were built because they stick out like a sore thumb.
0: Now that we got that out of the way, let's go back to 1840. Approximately 20 years after Lemuel Taylor bought the farm, they replaced the log cabin built in 1823 with a nice farmhouse. 100 years after the original log cabin was built, the Van Husens built in addition. In the process, they moved the house 200 yards back and removed the horse barn where the garage is located now. The timber of the horse barn was, was used throughout the house and they used to have a smokehouse.
1: Hold on, Theron, Hold on, Duran. Did you just say a smokehouse? Yes. What,
0: yes, I did. I just what, said a
1: smokehouse. what is a smokehouse, Theron, uh For our listeners here, what is that?
0: Okay, so a smokehouse is 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 a is a brick place where where people curated meats because they didn't have refrigerators, and the meats would uh, stay in the um the That building for a while, so they would be good to eat, and they would get rid of all the bacteria on it.
1: So, so it was sanitary in this in the smokehouse.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: All right. right. Sounds good to me.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I know. I know that always sounds good. Everything has to be sanitary now. Everywhere you go, everything is being wiped down with hand sanitizer or with cleaning solution. And like you 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 before you touch your face, if you're outside you have to put hand sanitizer or else you may get COVID. Who knows?
1: <laughs> that is true, yes.
0: <laughs> Who knows? But now uh now since you know what a small cops is, they use the brick uh the brick from that smokehouse for the three fireplaces inside the house throughout the whole house you can find items from the five generations of Taylors and van Husens that lived in the house the sixth generation lives in toledo ohio this includes uh the furniture that's inside the house includes the furniture that traveled on the erie canal the house also includes a Medicine tapestry that came back on a trip to Italy in the 1920s. Now, Mario, since your uh, family is from Italy, um, can you educate me on what a Medicine tapestry is?
1: Yes. Uh, uh, my family says it, So I talk to them. It's it's, t- it's type of art, all right, um, that they create back in you know in italy uh they use this art and they can hang it up on their walls it's 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 quite deep thinking art um which, which is really uh really neat so uh i don't have any honestly but <laughs> um my family don't they don't have any either to be honest but now if you you know go down to maybe like san marino or somewhere you would find it down there you know but it's, it's pretty, it's art that they create.
0: Okay. That's interesting. I have never heard of a, a tapestry, but, but thanks for educating me on that and our listeners. No problem. So to end the, about the farmhouse, Sarah Van Hoosen Jones was the last resident that lived in the, in the farmhouse. That is why that sixth generation lives in Toledo, Ohio. I mean, he could have chosen somewhere else to live, but Toledo, Ohio.
1: But yeah, well, why Toledo, Ohio? Here, what do you see in Toledo? I don't get it.
0: I I, I don't know. I guess he wanted to live live, live in the disputed area.
1: I mean, a disputed area, of Toledo, man. I I don't know, man. The only thing that could bring me out there is is some sort of cash. Other than that, I ain't leaving it out there. So.
0: Well, if, <laughs> if, if you look at the wealth of the Van Husens, I, I I think you would um you would you would say that they are very wealthy people.
1: Yes, uh, I I believe they are wealthy. They were wealthy people, right? And, yeah, and but, I think they still are, but I'm not too certain about that.
0: I couldn't find any information on the current generation that's living
1: in Toledo. Interesting. They must be just hiding under the rock, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or they want to live private lives. Yeah, which is, you know, usually what um, a wealthy person wants. It's a nice private life.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: I know. Moving on to 1850, we have the Red House that was built. This house was built across the street from the Van Hoosen farmhouse. It was a Greek revival style, and it was built in stages to accommodate the changing family sizes that lived there. One now no, reading about this this changing family sizes, Theron. Here, uh, what, what they, how many times did they have to change this? I mean, what are we talking? We're we talking about ten people going to twenty. What are we talking? Three to five. What? I, I not mean,
0: know, because as as you as you will see, uh, she will have her uh, employees live in this red house. So I don't know what changing family sizes is, or how many families lived in the red house. I couldn't find that information when I was doing this research, but yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I'm assuming it means big family changes. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't, you wouldn't um, be adding on to the house
1: at all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I definitely wouldn't do it for about uh, you know a change in two people, but I mean, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's changing about ten or more. But I know. But the red yeah. house was not owned by the Van Hoosians. It, it was purchased by Dr. Sarah. Van and Jones for her employees to live in. Uh, she, didn't, she did this to see the employees uh, did not have to travel too, uh, far to come to work. Uh, Sarah ho- had the house moved across the street over the existing wall and placed uh, on a new foundation. It's unclear when the Northern Lean to addition was added to accommodate the first uh, four bathroom and bedroom, but it occurred before the house was moved. The city of Rochester got the Red House as a gift from MSU in December 1996. Since the Red House has been owned by the city of Rochester, it has been part of the National Registry of Historical Places. In 1954, on a trip to Vermont, Sarah Van Hoosen-Jones saw a house similar to this one painted bright red. Yes, bright red. In 1955, the Brown House was moved a little north and west to its present location, modernized it, and painted red. The fireplace and chimney were added at the, at, the, at this time, as well as the octagon-shaped window near the roof on the north side. An octagon-shaped window—I've never seen a window like that. But
0: it, it, it's mostly in houses that have attics, and you need so, a window to to consider it as a room. Okay. So they'll put <laughs> so they'll put like a weird-shaped window by the where the bedroom is or whatever room they want designated it as
1: interesting I, I don't think I would really want a, an octagon shaped window
0: i, 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 I mean back then it, it it was probably all the hype and craze
1: it, it must have been some some hype
0: because, uh. because 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 if you go look at houses now the mm-hmm. houses built in like the 50s and 60s will have. Specific houses that have rooms in the attic will have mm-hmm. like a octagon or a pentagon shaped window, and you'll be like, w- "Why is this here?"
1: Yeah, I would question it.
0: <laughs> but, but that's but well, if you need a room and and if you don't want to pay money to to um to put actual windows, or what if an actual window does not fit on on the top of the roof where you um in the
1: attic where you want to put the room well then that's when it comes that's when an octagon shaped window comes in right yeah
0: yep yep
1: well she she was smart i mean when you have the money right you could do anything you want yes but yeah <laughs> but, but but otherwise the exterior is the same uh this is all according to elise sorel who is a, a band who's in farm employee
0: Next, we have the dairy barn, which was built in 1927. Sarah Jones built the barn based on the design and recommendations of the USDA. The, this dairy barn is also part is also on the National Registry of Historic Places and has been converted from a milking facility into a year-round cultural, educational, and rec facility. The farm operated, operated in four phases, which are cattle herding, poultry, milk production, and land for crops. We have decided to shorten Sarah Van Hoosen-Jones to Sarah Jones just to make it easier. So she started our, her farm operations with 1,000 white long, longhorn chickens but she devoted most of her time to the dairy barn. Through her efforts, she was able to increase her her original herd of 50 Holsten Friesen cows, which are a type of cows that produce milk, to 200 in 1944. Between 1929 and 1940, the Van Hoosen farm cattle which are the Holston Friesen Cattle won Ribbons at stock shows in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Illinois State Fairs, and at the Dairy Cattle Congress in Iowa. The cattle were raised at the Van Hoosen Farm, became desired throughout the world. Because of this, Sarah sold her prized stock to governments such as Venezuela, Costa Rica, and Argentina for breeding programs.
1: No, no, You said she sold her prize stock. Do you, you happen to know what that number is?
0: No, I do not know how much the, the that number is. I'm pretty sure it's out there somewhere, but through my limited internet research that I did, I couldn't find that number. But I'm pretty sure that she made a lot of money off these cows, especially if you were able to um um increase your um increase the number of cows you had, and be able to win prizes for. For the cows?
1: That That is. <laughs> it, it had to have been a lot of money, right? I mean, <laughs> she, she she definitely was not going to sell it uh a cheap right? Yeah. I mean, how much? You, I mean, like cows, what do they cost? Well, like 5000 a piece, right?
0: Let me look Somewhere at how much there? a normal Holston freezing cow is. Because.
1: I me, believe. Like, they, they, I believe the catalysts, man. They're they're a lot of money, man. They're they're a couple grand to you know, yeah, high grand each.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see what the price is. Um. So. The. hmm So, bear with us. We are doing this live, so. Yep,
1: we're just trying to. Perf-
0: we're trying to see how much the cow costs.
1: The most accurate information.
0: Just in case we want to buy one <laughs> in the future.
1: Yes, that would be um, one of my... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to buy some cattle.
0: <laughs> me and Mario are going to buy cattle and, and going to do some farming in, in the future.
1: That, yes, that sounds like a plan to me. I'm down.
0: <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but... um, I am trying <laughs> to find it, but uh, I cannot find a price. But... We will get to how she was able to breed so many cows in in part two. Uh, well, let me just look up cow price and see how how much how much do cows cost. So, a general cow costs between $2,000 and $5,000. The actual cost depends on the weight well, of the cow, the gender and the breed. Well, and that yeah. is based on that is based on the website best bar, bestfarmanimals.com. So,
1: (laughs) well, that's a lot for uh, for a cow, man.
0: So, a calf can go between $550 and $900 based on the weight. Um, beef cows can go between damn, Mm $5,000 like. Calves are worth $800, a heifer, which is like teenage years, costs $1,300, and a full-grown beef cow is between $3,000 to
1: $5,000. Okay, well, if we compare it to her herd, right? She had 200 in 1944 If she sold the max at 5000
0: uh, two hundred cows. That's for beef cows. That's a million cows. dollars. Now, now I have the dairy cows, which is what, which is what, ah, uh, which is what she had. So the dairy cows are sold usually between a dollar five and a dollar thirty-five per pound. So oh. that's a lot. Okay. So if your cow actually weighs, actually weigh. so yeah, I know, I know. So it's all about the weight. So. Heifers are are the cheapest of the cows, and they range between $500 and $1,000. Uh, the lactating cows are usually between $1,500 and $2,100. So if you want to do the math, the worth of a cow is between $900 and $3,000. So that's how much a dairy cow is worth. So,
1: well, my guess is that she made half a million dollars or more.
0: Yes, yes. In, in today's money, not in not in 1950s, not in 1960s, but in today's money.
1: Yes, in today's money, that's insane.
0: And then in, and on this website, it gives you where can I buy a
1: cow? Interesting. Where can you buy one?
0: So, <laughs> so we're totally off topic here, but there are uh, ranchworlddads.com. There's a, a there's a uh, an a producer and there's cattle ranges and there's cattleexchange.com so it's interesting to um it it also gives you information about how much how much cost does does it to keep a cow in your backyard so
1: <laughs> well, that's good to know you know when uh, you want to buy one.
0: Yeah so so if you wanna buy uh, um a cow and keep it in your backyard, it would cost about three hundred dollars or more just to get your backyard ready ready for the cow.
1: Well, that oh, that <laughs> That's a lot, man. 300 dollars for a cow Me.
0: <laughs> no is it's three hundred dollars just to get your yard ready for the cow. And then you have to buy the cow.
1: Well, imagine how much she spent uh, with two hundred to get her land ready for two hundred cows.
0: So I'm pretty sure that Lemuel Taylor has already um, did did all already all that hard work for for um, for farming and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, possibly. It, it makes sense.
0: So so she wouldn't have to do anything there. She would only have to um buy the cows.
1: Okay. Which, you know, typical rich person would do.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and she also had the chickens too, if you didn't hear that. That she started off with one thousand chickens. And we don't know how, how how much are there now, but I'm pretty sure that there's no more chickens on the farm. But
1: yeah. <laughs> much they got to be much cheaper than the cows.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's all I know. Yeah, we I uh, I don't want to um I'm I'm curious now. <laughs> How much do chickens cost?
1: The chickens, man.
0: Because one of my students in in, in my um in my um class that my teacher subbed for she has a chicken
1: she actually has a chicken yeah what, what she use it for in her house to get egg. in her um, in her house I don't know about that
0: <laughs> yeah so
1: it should be outside
0: <laughs> so here you go so chickens can range between three to to uh to six dollars
1: well That's a good
0: price.
1: <laughs> Much cheaper than a cow. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. I can afford that. I can afford that. Three, three, six bucks.
0: So, 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 um, so you could definitely buy, buy, um, buy one thousand chickens.
1: Yes. And keep it there. Put it in my house yeah i know get some eggs
0: i know fresh (laughs) eggs those fresh farm eggs let's go
1: the last, the last structure is the calf and bull barn the same year the dairy barn was built sarah jones built the calf and bull barn it housed the bulls which were the most valuable animals in the herd as we just heard the president of the bulls and cows Uh, The barn included a pen that allowed the bulls to exercise, and there were three breeding stalls at the end of the pens. It was also the place where the calves were kept.
0: So, what do you say that the 1920s was a busy time for the... For the... For Sarah Jones and building stuff? Because not only did she build the dairy barn, she built the calf in boulevard and she built the additions to the um to the farmhouse
1: um uh, to say a busy year is an understatement um <laughs> that th- these these times from what 1930 1940s that she she's been putting in a lot of work right mm-hmm. a lot more work than the average human does um <laughs> it, it was really busy for her. i don't think she had any free time i mean the amount of work that to put all these together—I mean, it's got—I t- wouldn't even—I couldn't imagine
0: man. And that. And then we're going to learn about what she did too, be, be, between those two, between those times, because because it's also going to be very busy for her too in, in
1: part two. Oh boy, I'm ready.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> if this we, was busy, I'm ready to hear what.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, what else she? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She did all right. Hope you enjoyed uh, part one of Van Hoosen episode um, on Michigan Hidden in History. You can listen to this wherever podcasts are found. Follow us on Twitter at history. Do not forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And this week's quotes are, Your journey won't be the same as anyone else's, so don't let the world tell you how it's supposed to look.
1: And when you feel like quitting, think about why you started. And thank you, guys, for everyone for listening. And we'll see you next week on Michigan Hidden History.